The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Season 17, episode number 58. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Today, we turn the page. We start looking forward. We move away from Denver and head toward Atlanta. Cowboys face the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday. At noon at AT&T Stadium, it's our job to get you guys ready, and that's exactly what we will do on today's show. Let's uh, let's start first with some news that broke yesterday. Kicker Greg Zerline added to the COVID list. Um, let's start first with how big of a deal is this for Dallas? Because I, I get the impression, well, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on, on Zerline. I think he's a good kicker. I don't think he's an elite kicker. And But on the flip side of that, I think he's pretty money when it comes to money kicks. When it comes down to end-of-game kicks, he tends to make them work. So how big of a deal is this for them if they can't get him to play on Sunday? Hopefully it's not a big deal at all. Hopefully it just means they won't kick. Hope, just just go for it. Every time. Just go for it. Can all you name time. two elite kickers? One. I can name one. Right. I mean, Tucker. Yeah. Two. Uh, another one? Young Waku in Atlanta is pretty he damn is good. He kicking butt, yeah. Yeah. He is doing well. As a matter of fact, we will see him this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him. I I bet there's another one if I thought hard is enough. Butker? Oh City? yeah, Harrison Butker yeah. in Kansas City. Yeah. yeah, he's good. There's probably three. I just, I mean, I think he's been pretty good. Yeah. Zerline, and I think most kickers are pretty good. You know, last time we saw Tucker, he missed. I don't know if he's missed since, but I know he missed <laughs> against the Cowboys. He doesn't miss often. <laughs> he doesn't, and he can make it from what sixty six. Yeah, wherever. So. You pretty much Wherever. put Just the ball down. Up and, put the yeah. ball yeah. down. But I, I, my point is that I mean, I, I think I think Zerline's been pretty good, based off of you know just what most kickers are around the league. You know, well, when the, I was gonna say when the news came out and I was looking around Twitter and seeing like what fans were saying, you know, the amount of comment of people just being really excited that this happened because it gives the Cowboys an opportunity to bring another kicker in. Try him out. Hopefully, be better than Sterling. But I, but then, and although I agree to a certain level or extent, I'm like, to you guys' point, who is better out there? And if whatever other kicker you bring, he's not gonna be that far no. better than than what Sterling has been. So it's like, yeah, it's not great that sometimes he misses, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what? What else? What? What? Are, what's the other option? You we uh, we as a fan base are spoiled by having a guy that was a Justin Tucker for a decade, yeah. and they had Dan Bailey. He was automatic for eight years, um, and and it goes back to you know you you you're harsh on Dak because you see every throw that he makes, and and you don't follow every quarterback that closely. You're probably only seeing. Other kickers, if they're not playing your team, it's when Fox cuts in to show you their game winner, and you're like, damn, that was a good kick. Right. And you're not seeing the miss from 42 that he had earlier in the game. And it's subjective. Um, I think 
the the thing, and I think you said this, Derek. The thing that concerns me is he does have a penchant for the dramatic kick. Um, like he hit game winner against Atlanta last year, had a fifty five yard game winner this year. Mm-hmm. His uh, the go ahead against Tampa that ultimately didn't uh, win him the game was from forty eight. Mm-hmm. So he's he's reliable in those clutch situations from what we've seen um you'd like to think that it won't come down to that against atlanta this week but you never know so uh that that worries me um but he's 78 percent on the year which is not a good percentage at all so i think i said uh last week it was like i think he's 21st i want to say in the league in, in kicking percentage i'd rather not have to think about this but i don't think it's such a dramatic drop off that i'm Worried about it. I and I, I'm I said it tongue in cheek, but I'm serious. Like fourth and three and in, unless it's just an and unless it's a pressure situation where you need the points because it's late in the game or whatever, I just go for it. Yeah. Just take it off your kicker's shoulders. There's been they <laughs> how haven't that, how'd that work last week? Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. It's, I know it's not that, always going to work. That's what's it's frustrating not. about it is that it because a lot of people, especially on the second one, was like just make just. Get the field goal. But how have they been this year when when it comes to fourth downs? Because I, I I don't know it to me, and I don't know the stat. Mm. I don't know the stats, but it feels like they're not a great fourth down team. They're they're not really. Yeah, I still don't care. Go and I it. do think that at some point, the reason why I think statistically, everyone always talks about, hey, it's always good to go for and fourth downs because there was a time in the NFL when basically you could get a fourth down just like this, especially if it's fourth and short. You just do a quarterback sneak. Now, teams, that isn't as easy as it once was. And and I'm yeah. starting to wonder if the stats aren't – the data isn't starting to say that maybe it's not a good idea to go for it on fourth down as frequently as maybe it was years ago. I, I, I'll i take it. This offensive line isn't as good as it was a few years ago. What, it's not. It's not very – I mean, Connor Williams is kind of just an average guard. I think Biotis is not an average center right now. Mm-hmm. You know their left tackle. Yes, uh, last week was not very good in the game. You know Lyle's working his way back in, and Zach Martin's probably the best guard in football. But it's hard to, you know, that the line is just not something you could count on like you used to. Yeah. So fourth and inches, fourth and one, fourth and two. You know, it's that's something that they're having to deal with right now. Well, and you don't have to crowd people into the box and telegraph what you're going to do. I mean, they didn't get it. The call to Cedric Wilson was perfect. It was. It was perfect. He might have scored. Throw a better ball. And don't let the fact that it didn't work scare you in the future because I'll take Dak completing that pass 99 times out of 100. Yeah. Just as, I mean, that's what makes football so that's, great is you get one shot at yeah. these things. And he normally makes that throw. That's, yep. but the, but the fourth, I mean, but, but the fourth and ones and stuff like that, we saw it in New England. We saw it in the goal line, New England. We saw it that whole game. You know, they're just not, pushing people back and that's just plain and simple they're just not doing that so you know they they're gonna have they can't just run up and say i'm better than you and we're gonna just get this yard because it's not always working all right they're 27th and fourth down conversion percentage which is rough that's not they're six and two i mean it hasn't gotten in their way too much i'm and and again you're in a situation where if you're well it depends on who wins this tryout you our buddy brett maher is one of these guys you you read that right yeah um but and Hiralahu, Liram Hiralahu. It ain't that far. <laughs> Thank you. Um, close. That was close. Right? But I'm, I'll I'll take I'll take Dak Prescott converting a fourth down over putting a guy who's never kicked an NFL kick in into too much of a pressure situation. Yeah. Like I said, if it's 
if that's the sensible call, then do it. But if it's close, I'd rather put faith in my offense. Yeah. And I guess this goes back to the O-line conversation and how they've been this year because a lot of the times when they're trying to run the ball in situations like that, and I'm not I feel like I wasn't as used to seeing this as like early on when he first got here, but with Zeke, for example, sometimes it's like he bounces off, like he hits a wall and just like bounces back. Mm-hmm. So there's not that kind of power that he's used to having. Some comes from the O-line, but some I guess from himself too he's lacking and and I love what he's doing I don't think he's having a bad year or anything I think he's doing a good job especially opposed to last year but still there's like a tiny tiny bit of lack of that extra mm, that extra power that he he's used to showing us earlier on when he first got here all right, real quick before we take our first break, uh, give me an update on who's practicing today, uh, the injury list, uh, just the guys that are going to be in and out uh, that we that we I guess need to keep an eye on this week. Tyron Smith is not going to practice. He will be in the rehab group, so he'll be out on the field doing things. He just won't be taking reps. It's a step in the right direction. It's probably not as good as you would have wanted to hear today. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Zeke, Zach Martin. Are gonna? They're taking vet days. They'll be involved, but they're not gonna get the full workload. I think there was one more guy in that group. Amari, maybe. Um, Amari in that group. Uh, yes, thank you. Amari Cooper is also in that group. So those three, they're fine, but they'll be limited today. That's Gallup is the full go guy. Yeah, maybe. Gallup will be CD, a full participant. CD will be full today, as far as I'm aware. I just, I really, and I'm. That's my own concern. I really want this receiver group back out there practicing because I think that was a part of it last week. I think Dak needs the work. I think the receivers need the work, and I think they all need to work together in order to get that timing back right because it, it certainly was not right last week. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. He will talk to us about this Atlanta offense facing off against the Dallas defense. With that, when we come right back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm 
Check your flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jacket Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Rowdy's holiday deliveries are now available. Spread joy this holiday season with surprise and exclusive gifts from your favorite mascot. Book your holiday delivery today at DallasCowboys.com slash Rowdy. Welcome back to the second segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Why are you smiling over there? I don't know. I can't Did that just read. bring you joy? I just like, can't read that right in without laughing or smiling. Exclusive gifts from your favorite mascot. I just see like... You just open the door. You know, it's not David. He's Baker. not going to say anything. It's not. It's not the Hall of Fame guy. You just open the door. Like, who's at the door? That's rowdy with this little box of food and or saying nothing. Sna- yeah, just looking at you with a smile. You know what? He might say something, which can be weird too. Yeah. All right. Here's what we got to do. We uh, we're, we're joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Uh, as as usual, bringing in Bucky to talk a little bit about the opposing offense on Wednesday. Uh, Bucky, let's start first with the fact that this is an offense in in Atlanta. That, uh, that has changed, I think, a lot over the last several years, uh, losing some of the mainstay players. Uh, what do you think this offense does best? Where, when are they at their best? I don't know if Sorry, we got him. Lost Bucky. All right, well, we'll go ahead and uh, talk about this a little means bit nothing. before we get him back. What? Huh? Maybe he was trying to answer. It's nothing. Maybe. They don't do anything well. No, I'm sure they they did something to beat the Saints. They're, they've won three They're, out of the last. What does four. that say about the Saints? I, again, I don't know anything. We about are not the acting like we did last week. Tell them, Amber. We are. Tell not. We're taking no one for Tell granted. Them. We are not. No. I mean, I'm, yeah, they're they're doing something right. Yeah, they're you know. Gonna get their ass kicked. I mean, I can tell you that, but but they're doing something right. Wow, Why can you tell us it. that? They just will, because they just will. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'll put it down. Thirty-one to ten. I'll just put my score Jeez. in right now. All right. <laughs> okay, it's Wednesday. Cool. Give Sorry. us some time to get through this cool. thing. All I right. might give him a field goal later in the. We week. got we got Bucky Brooks joining us now. Bucky, I was asking about this this offense that I think has changed quite a bit over the last couple years. Tell me what this offense does best. When are they at their best? Uh, give it to Matty Ice and let Matty Ice go to work. I think when you look at this Falcons team and, and what they have, they have really good skill players. And so you have Cordero Patterson, who is doing a little bit of everything. You have Matty Ice, who's throwing the ball to anyone who's open. And then you have Kyle Pitts, who is a bit of a unicorn on the perimeter. And so it's a very interesting matchup. Is one that it doesn't look like they have a lot of names. But, man, they're playing really well. And Arthur Smith is figuring out how to use all the pieces that he has around him. Is is Patterson like? I, I mean, I know Hester is probably going to go in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully, is, is Patterson like at that level of like as a returner, dynamic player? I know he's doing great on offense, but I mean, he seems like he's one of the most feared kick returners ever. I mean, he he is definitely one of the best to have ever played the game. I don't know if he's gold jacket worthy, but he's a difference maker. I think when you think about a guy who's been a multiple-time all-pro returner, someone who can take it the distance. Um, anytime he touches it, you certainly have to be uh, aware of him. I think the thing that he's done the last couple of years, though, is reinvent himself 
mm-hmm. as a multi-purpose dynamic player. Mm-hmm. Uh, his ability to do it as a runner, a receiver, a returner has really allowed creative minds to do some things with him. And then he's put it all together down in Atlanta because Arthur Smith certainly understands how to utilize him in a way to create and take advantage of mat- mismatches. So I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame player, but he's definitely a dangerous player mm-hmm. to watch. I want to get into that a little bit more, Bucky, because he's he's probably he's going to set a career high for receiving this week. He only needs 11 yards. He's at a, I mean he's he's at 500 yards at the halfway point. He's never had that good of a season as a receiver. Arthur Smith gets a lot of credit for being really creative. The offense that he had in Tennessee is 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 it that where is he just making it easy for him or is it more him developing as a route runner because we just as dynamic as he is as an athlete we just haven't seen this level of production from him really ever i think arthur smith is the first coach who understood how to tap into all the things that could patterson brought to the table if you go all the way back to when he was a player at tennessee he played the game in a way that is very similar to the way he's been utilized with the falcons he was a mix of a runner, a receiver, a returner. And at the University of Tennessee, he was terrific in the one season or two seasons that he was there. Arthur Smith has been able to find a way to take all of those skills and to put him in a game plan where he doesn't go these long stretches without touching the ball. And so when you're able to get him matched up on linebackers, advantage goes to Cadero Patterson. And they're putting in sets and formations where you're forced to put a linebacker on a, or a safety on him and he's tearing them up. And so it's a combination of Kadera Patterson continue to evolve, but really it's about the play call and play designer putting him in spots where he can do the things that he does well. Bucky, with Trevon Diggs getting a lot of criticism this past week, what are some of the things that they can do with him against an offense like this to kind of get him back on track and on course? Well, I mean, one, you got to let him know that he's going to be a target. Um, as much as he's taking the ball away, he's also giving up some plays. And so teams are going to test him early and often to see if they can catch him with his hand in the cookie jar. And so he just has to be disciplined enough to know when to pick and choose when to gamble. But right now, he is a target because he has given up so many big plays. And the first thing that you do as an offensive coordinator is you try and find, I don't want to call him Waldo, but you try and find the guy who is gullible enough to double move and to get on trick plays. Right now, Diggs has put enough stuff on tape that people are going at him. He just needs to be solid. Solid in his technique, solid in his fundamentals, and just play the game the right way. You would think in a week like this, uh, Trayvon Diggs would be matching up quite a quite a bit with Calvin Ridley. But as we know, Calvin Ridley is is out at this point. He's out uh, taking a break from football, as he calls it. Um, how much has the loss of Calvin, Calvin Ridley hurt this offense? And who is stepping into his role at this point for them? Well, I mean, it certainly hurts him because he's a guy that was a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, He was the number one receiver a season ago, and that's when Julio Jones was on the field. You lose him, now you kind of have to spread the wealth. Uh, Originally, Cal Pitts was the biggest beneficiary of Calvin Ridley being gone. Two weeks back-to-back, he went over 100 yards. Well, last week it was a little slower. And so now they're kind of doing it by committee. Christian Blake, Russell Gage, a little bit of anybody and everybody touching the ball because – Matty Ice is just throwing it to the open receiver. And so the challenge for the Cowboys is you don't really know who is going to be the guy because Matt Ryan has enough trust in his guys that he's just throwing it to the open man. That makes it very, very difficult on the defense. Who who are the running backs? Um, Because last week, 
Patterson. You know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Last, <laughs> last week, we didn't even know who Denver's running backs were. You know, that they weren't like household names, but yeah, they just you know ran through the Cowboys' defense time and time again. Do they have those type of backs that can that can hurt them that way? Well, I mean, everybody in the league has backs that can can hurt you if you're not focused. I think the Cowboys' problem last week was more of handling success as opposed to what the talent on the other side did. This week, you're talking about Mike Davis. You're talking about Cordell Patterson. Wayne Gallman may get in. Uh, I wouldn't say that any of those guys are A-level running backs, but they do just enough to make them dangerous. Mike Davis is a big physical back. If you let him get going, he's certainly been able to put up 100-yard games in this league. I think this is a game where if you're Dan Quinn, you stand in front of the room and say, look, it's less about them. It's more about us. Let's make sure we're detailed on the gap fits. We're playing with the right effort and energy, and let's play the right way. It's not necessarily about who we're facing on the other side. It's about playing the right way this week. Seems to me like Arthur Smith kind of got famous for leaning on 12 personnel when he was with the Titans. Doesn't seem like Hayden Hurst is having this amazing year for Atlanta, but is is that something that they do? Do they lean on 12 personnel? I see they run it like 30, 35% of the time. Um, and is especially with Calvin Ridley not playing, is that something that we should be looking for uh, from their game plan? Well, you know, the good thing about Arthur Smith is he just kind of takes the talent that you have and try and figure out the best way to use it. The way that he played at Tennessee is not quite the same way that he is at Atlanta. Maybe it's because the quarterback is better. Maybe the quarterback does different things. They still will mix in some 12, but they're really kind of all over the place in terms of their personnel groupings. They're going to put players on the field and see what gives the defense the biggest challenge, and then they're going to sit in that. So early in the game, he's going to spin the wheel, give you a bunch of different looks, and then whatever is looking like it's working the best, he's going to stay in that package. But yeah, I wanted to ask you, we, we've seen and we've talked about it this season with the Cowboys defense, how they've struggled in allowing big plays. I haven't watched a lot of film from this team, but is this a team that has been putting out, despite their losses here and there, is this a team that has been putting out big plays on tape? Well, last game they had four plays of 30 yards or more. So if they can dial it up, they will dial it up. And they have a handful of players that can get it done and can get over the top. Uh, Matty Ice likes to play uh, a ball control possession game where it's short and intermediate. But, man, if you give him the lottery ticket, he's going to cash it in. And so for the Cowboys, it literally is about being sound in the technique. I think this is a great get-right week in terms of, hey, maybe simplify the package even more, clean up the mistakes, try and make it where they're just playing without thinking, and see if they can get back on track. But, no, they can't let the ball fly over their head because – the Atlanta Falcons are sitting in a situation where they feel like they may be able to get into the playoffs. And so they're going to bring the effort and energy. The Cowboys got to match it, and they can't let them have success early because then you're dealing with a 60-minute affair. All right, Buck, that's good stuff, man. We'll uh, catch back up with you tomorrow, talk a little bit about this Atlanta defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break, uh, and after that we'll come back. Cowboys uh, defense will be our topic. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf, the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Celebrate 60 years of America's sweethearts as we take you through the glitz and glamour of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, the official 2021 Cheerleaders edition of Star Magazine is a complete history of the team. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash star to get yours today. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, give me a 58. Um, Scott Shanley. Wow, you pulled that one out. Linebacker ended up with the Saints. Did mm-hmm. you go to the Super Bowl with them? Hell yeah. yeah. So. He was a good player for them. Yeah. He, was, yeah, he was a good player for them. The Oreo defense. Yeah. Okay. That's where are you going with it? No, that's what they called it. It was because oh, okay. they had Scott Shanley, Scott Vegeta, and yeah. uh, another white guy. They all played linebacker, and they were the only white guys on the defense. Like, so you said basically secondary, yeah, defensive line. I'm, I'm not linebackers. kidding. They called it the Oreo defense. We really? called it that for years in New Orleans. Ah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Got it. Cool. Learned something. I mean, the, the real answer is a guy named Mike Hegman. He played like 13, 14 seasons. Was he good? Yeah, he was a good player. He scored right. a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Seventies, okay. which Super Bowl? 80s. Oh, okay. Super Bowl thirteen. Okay. What stripped, happened on the play? He stripped the ball from Terry Bradshaw and returned yeah. it for maybe forty-one yards for a touchdown early in that game, but they ended up losing thirty-five to thirty-one in the Orange Bowl over there because Jackie Smith dropped the pass. He probably was the sickest man in America, and they lost. The brilliance of a man, Nicky, my boy. <laughs> Well, I, I knew that. I didn't know about the. Well, he laid time, out the whole. Yeah, scenario. yeah, yeah. No, that That's was great. What I love about this guy. That man. was great. Who else does that? <laughs> Vern, Vern Lundquist. I'm, I'm guessing, Brad Sham. I'm yeah. guessing you weren't doing that in math class, but if you were, you would have been oh like... Oh, my God. My, my grades were so terrible. <laughs> but if they would have had a sports class, right. you'd have killed it. Oh. Dallas Cowboys 100%. sports, like you would have killed it. Nick and I aren't similar. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just saying my mom has famously said to me on a bad report card, 
you can't just work for Dallas Cowboys. That is not a job. You have to study and get your books right. And here we all are working for Take Dallas that, Cowboys. Take that, mom, in your face. Follow your dreams, kids. <laughs> Nick and I aren't all that similar, like yeah. across the board, but we have that in like. I might not know what day of the week it is, but I can tell you the score of Super Bowl whatever. And right. I, 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 mean, yeah. I don't love that about myself, but the greatness. here we are. You know? We have a lot in common. We'll be watching the same football game this week. In slightly different rooting Ooh. interests. <laughs> What's, what, what football game? The is Pigs are playing the Tigers on Saturday really? night. Red, yeah. oh. Red versus That'll be fun. Golden. The battle for the is golden boot. Bet? No. Is that what y'all do? Ooh, y'all? Should it be? For, for I feel yes. like this is yes. a break. I'm not trying to yes. talk trash. This is probably this is the first time in a while where Arkansas and LSU are kind of like on a level yeah, playing field where we both think go. we've got a chance to win. The Here's game. the problem with the t-shirt bet, okay? Because we'll probably <laughs> lose. One of us is five six. Because I have to wear Dave's. I have to. His, that's what makes it even better. Not cool. No. Uh, Honestly, not fun. either. Dave's gonna walk in here like wearing like, like he's wearing his dad's shirt, or you're gonna walk in here like you're wearing your. I'm about to Hulk Hogan. You're your no, I'll bring you. I think this will be awesome. I got, I got an article. I Can got. Can I get something. Danny McRae's show? No, yeah, this is go. perfect. Let's do that. Actually, uh, I'll Let's bring you. <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll bring you Brian's Sugar Bowl jersey. All right. If LSU beats Arkansas, I will wear. I will wear. Okay, this is a good one. Yeah. I will wear the broadest jersey that says fifty-five. Okay. If Arkansas wins, Uh-oh. what do I have to do? You have to I wear don't have a jersey. To put the da- oh, okay. And it's a number nine. Jones jersey. You have a John Stephen Jones jersey? No, it's a Matt Jones jersey, oh, but right okay. now it's a He does jersey. wear nine, right? So you're yeah. going to be supporting the family. I'll do it. Oh, the no, I don't wear it. I, I was going to say, no, Dude, I'll wear I'll wear anything thing. before I put a pig snout on my face so or something like that. That actually would be funny. I'm kind of the same way. I don't do that. All right. So we got a bet here. Broadus jersey versus the nine jersey. I like it. face paint. I have a lot of face paint. Okay. Nah, oh, no, 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 no. yeah. Let's no, take it up one no, more notch. Just no. One more notch. The guy whose team got run out of Ames is You're right. just over here stirring Exactly. It up. I got yeah. nothing else to root for right now but just craziness. Okay. So, yeah, let's All do right. it. I'm in. All right. Let's, uh, let's get back to Dallas defense talk. Um, here's a big question for you guys. At this point, after what we saw in Minnesota, I'll speak for myself. I thought this defense was turning the corner from being a byproduct of a high-scoring offense to being a defense that really could win games for this team. I'm not sure what I think after Denver. Where do you land with this defense after watching both those games? you got to have help. To be a good defense, you got to have some help. The offense wasn't giving them any help there, so to just keep – you know, never scoring, never really putting pressure on the defense to go out like or to put pressure on the Broncos. Like, okay, we got to score right now. I mean, they never really did that. So, I, well, what was the difference though? Because they did against Minnesota, and you would think Minnesota is a better offense than Denver, right? No, but I mean, my point is that at least even in Minnesota, the offense was kind of helping them a little bit. They were they scoring three points in the first half. Well, then they scored one coming out of the second half. I mean, like. It, that that game was completely different. It was a different type of game, but at least they, they got some points there. But I, I don't know. They, they didn't tackle. They just chose not to tackle this game. Mm. That's what it was. They just said, ah, we don't need to tackle. Definitely agree with that. That is the the number. I, I, I think I'd already talked about this. Like, they've never, they have not been great against the run all year, but they have. Got they have rallied to the ball and gotten guys down and you give up a twelve yard play you live to fight another play you force the punt on the next series like that last week they just they it just looked like they forgot how to do some of the basic stuff I w- I will say sometimes I think we get into this 
echo chamber where like it's only about what the Cowboys do. I think the Vikings helped them a lot in that mm. game. Like the way they called that game, Kirk Cousins is notorious for being inconsistent. They did some stupid stuff where they and I mean the Cowboys get credit too, but like they're the the plays they're calling, they're not helping themselves. I felt that way in the whole second half. Like, man, they kind of they forgot these receivers play on this team. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's part of it too. Um I don't I don't feel a ton different. Like I refuse to take the bait that this is an elite defense. I argue with Danny McCray about this like every week. He's like, we're gonna be top ten by the end of the year. I'm like, I really don't think that's true, Danny. But we Right now they still are though, right? I don't I know. I know they were as of last week. They're I mean, they are much they're much closer than I would have ever given them credit for. I they're better than I expect them to be. I still just don't think that this defense is ever going to be the calling card of this team, especially when they're not getting takeaways. But even more so, to Nick's point, if they're not tackling, I mean, that's if I could fix anything, it's that. And just in general, like the way that it always felt like every other game, there's like two or three, preferably even four hats around the ball, just didn't feel that way mm-hmm. on Sunday. And that's the big thing for me. Where are you, Amber? I absolutely hate this term. Well, I hate that I'm gonna say it, but to me, they it it is what it is. It's that whole bend don't break type mm-hmm. of defense. To me, that's what they've been. They've improved a whole lot compared to last year, but they haven't been impressive. You know, like they've made impressive plays, but overall, I just take last week's loss as something that okay, let's just leave it behind. Let's see what they do this week. Why? Because it wasn't just like in this area. It wasn't just like, oh, the secondary, the linebacker. It was like all across the board, all over the field, offense, defense. So I'm just, yeah, they need to improve the tackling. But at the same time, I'm not like, okay, this is going down the drain or anything. I just want to give them another week, see how they react. I really do like Dan Quinn a lot. And I think that... Based on what I've heard him say and the way he speaks, he's going to turn it up several notches this week in practice and really put them to, to work. Fix. Yeah, yeah. so um, I want to really see how they come out this week and, and the kinds of things that Dan Quinn does with them and bringing the fire back. As I went back and, and watched this game, Nick, I was mentioning this to you, the, you this morning. As I went back and watched this game, I know yesterday I said on the show, I don't really think anybody could have had a good game after the way they they the outcome was of this game. But there was one guy that stood out when I watched the game back that I'm really, really impressed with. Oso Digizua had he didn't just flash, like there were plays when he didn't actually make the play and he still destroyed his guy. Like he just had I the more I watch him, the more I really, really like him. My question for you guys is is he the best interior defensive lineman that they have on this team at this point? Mm, good question. Because you lean toward Neville Gallimore, hasn't played this year, uh, only played eight games last year. I, I'm, I'm still not ready to say Was that. Was Neville he's, ever this disruptive? No, that's a good point. I mean, he's second in the league among rookies and uh, pressures. Mm-hmm. That's They couldn't do anything with him the first few series. I feel like it kind of got away once Denver had the lead and you, you're not rushing the passer as much. But Second in the league among, among rookie Tackles? Rookie, no, pressures. Just pressures. Any play. Among rookies, because Mike leads the league. So the the Cowboys have the top two rookies in, in the league. Two of the top four play for the Cowboys, yes. Uh, mm. Owe in Baltimore, and uh, I can't remember the other one right now, but two of the top four. Yeah. 
I mean, pressure, you're not, you know, that's that's a defensive end. That's not even a linebacker. So to have a linebacker in a, in a he he <laughs> right yeah, yeah he is point. consistently disruptive all yeah. year long. He has been, and that's I definitely think he deserves mention. That's that's a really good question because like now I'm thinking maybe not even Neville, but then you think about a guy like Brent Urban who mm-hmm. does not rush the passer at all. That's not his thing, but he's fantastic against the run. Hasn't been as good this year as he was last year, but just different skill sets. Um, Bears fans will tell you he's not playing the position that they they that he played in Chicago. Like he was more of a defensive end, mm-hmm. you know, and and that you know in a three four scheme defensive end. This is a little bit different where he's playing closer to the ball. He's been okay, but yeah, not no. He has got three tackles this year, but it's hard to just say well. That's yeah. the stat. He hasn't been great. I'm just kind of thinking it's it's hard for me to say a guy who's played eight career games is the best interior lineman on your team. Well, we say Mike is the best linebacker, so yeah. right? He's 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 That's having a little different with the position. He's, I mean, yeah, because one guy for because of the nature of the position is going to stand out a lot more than the other. Yeah, and and you're rotating a lot more as a defensive tackle as well. I think he's having the best you know, season of any interior lineman mm-hmm. on this team. That's not even yeah. up for debate. I wonder if I I mean, I wonder if George Edwards, either the veteran coach who coaches the linebackers, um, wonder what he would say has been the best linebacker this year. Mm-hmm. Like like is is Leighton Van Der Esch playing, you know, good football? Is he playing better than than Micah? Micah got, got has more stats and he's doing a lot more things, but you know, because see, I think Micah he's he's got what five sacks. I I would guess four of the five have been from the linebacker position. Can you? I mean, I know that he rushed a lot, but I only think that one sack against the Chargers where he just exploded, and even that one. I still don't even think that was a real sack, but they gave it to him. But that's the only one I can remember. I can be wrong. That's the one that stands out to me. You're saying where literally he's just lining up at defensive end and yeah. he's just rushing and gets a sack. I think most of his sacks have been from this, like, you know, different spots on Put the, him wherever yeah. you line him up, wherever, right? Yeah. I want to say maybe. I, I agree with you. I yeah. want to say maybe he did it against uh, Philly, but for the most part, it's been pursuit plays as a linebacker. I think Leighton's playing pretty well, but I not, agree. not. No, he was all pro as a rookie. I yeah, mean, he came. He came in. He was howling at the moon every single play. Now, how about them Cowboys? How about some Cowboys. He, he doesn't. He doesn't look as explosive as he used to to me. Who? Layton. Layton. There was a play. He made the play. So I'm not trying to trash talk him. But yeah. there was a play out in the flat this past week where he knifed out into the flat. Guy had the ball, and the back or the receiver cut it back in, and Layton kind of dove back. It looked like it was going to be a broken arm tackle, but he did enough to trip him up. And so he he made the tackle, but in my head I was like two or three years ago he would have just knifed in and destroyed that guy. He would have it yeah. wouldn't have even been a doubt that he was going to get him down and it felt lucky that he pulled it off in this particular instance. I'm just you, happy he's playing through the season without see, an injury. That's what I was that about too? to say. Do you think he's playing slower than usual or maybe not 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 slower, but like, you know, not as quick to the ball because he has been injured, or because he has been healthy. And, I don't know. And if when it's you're healthy, one. you're kind of. Yeah, I honestly you know don't. What I mean, like you're maybe not, you don't want to play as recklessly because you're trying to preserve yourself. I don't know if it's either one. It's a contract I, year for him. Layton doesn't. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, though. Like yeah. he's so intense. If he heard that, he would probably come in. He would be pissed. pissed. Yeah. yeah. He is pissed at every time I ask a question. 
Every time I ask him a question, Is that Chris, about Chris, the kind of question Chris, you're asking? it might be, it might be, and I and I interview a lot of guys, especially yeah. after the game. For some reason, I don't know what it is. Layton Layton is not happy with any of the questions I ask. It Maybe could be it's just you. It could be. Yeah. I think even it's. I, I I just think that's his <laughs> demeanor. And you think you think about where his career has gone. Like he got about as high as you can, and that's. We talked a lot about his conversation with Micah at the Hall of Fame game that Hard Knocks picked up. He was, I think he was kind of chuckling at Micah. He was like, buddy, I've been there where you're yeah. the talk of the town right away, and you just just be prepared. And Micah hasn't had that downturn yet. Maybe he never will, but the ebbs and flows of playing in this league come, and I just think Leighton realizes that. And I, I, I doubt he's unhappy with your questions yeah. so much as like— He does not like the media. It, no, he yeah, doesn't and like I, us. I think that happens. I think as you go to that top and then you just get— just kind of destroyed after that. I think it hardens guys. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why yesterday we ran into into Sean Lee in the hall and we're talking to him. And it's one of the reasons why I like Sean so much is because he could have gotten very hardened because obviously there was always the talk of oh, he's injury prone, he's injury prone. Sean was just like, look, yeah, I've, I've had injuries. Like I don't know, like I, I'm trying not to, but I've got even all Sean these though. Injuries. When Sean was in the thick of it, he he was never like a jerk, but. You had right. your own back and forth with him in that regard. Like we always used to joke, Sean only wanted to talk on Friday and only after he was done with everything he had to do. So he'd come in like 30 seconds before the locker room closed and, oh, shucks, guys, I just missed you for the 10th week just in a row. Like, by the way, that is just kind of like, I'm going to game them, them the sure. same way they game me. But he wasn't a butthole about it. Like, no, right? he was he never was, a jerk. He was still like, he would but, still. Yeah. Have the conversation with, especially if it was off the record. In if his, you caught him, you could have a conversation. In his with final speech, in his final like, you know, when, when he made his his quote at the end of the season, or in, when he retired, you know, he gave his statement. I mean, he even had some jokes in there. He was yeah. just like, and of course, the training staff. I mean, I was, yeah. you know, right, the, my best friends because I was there all the time. Yeah, I mean, he could have gotten, he could have been one of those guys that was really, really he's mad with guy. the media, and I don't think that was the case. And can I do, we tell why he's here? Sure, why not? I I don't know. I I assume you it's just, I, the, just the visit of the, his, his, some people I guess I don't know uh, I guess it's <laughs> a good cool. question right. cool. you, you know, came to see the Broncos game yeah former <laughs> former player just kind of in the building yeah. yeah he was on he was on the show the other day he was on one of those other shows yeah what was that hanging not uh, players lounge players lounge he's good friends with Barry Church show. well we we did kind of mention that like on a Tuesday, hey man uh, you know you go do that show and don't come do our show. Amber would really like you to come do yep. this show. <laughs> He's like, yep. If I see him, I'm definitely asking for a photo. Okay. I never it done is, this. Hey, back right. back to Layton real quick. I laughed because Layton was with us this week. He came out and talked away from you and like in the more group setting. We're not gonna go as far as this. He was. He's still. He's always gonna be kind of gruff and intense. But like, he was very thoughtful. You and have to be that way if you're gonna like. Hunt a wolf. True. Right. You're right. That's a good point. But like, you kinda he, have to, okay. he was almost kinda like, necessary. he was as eager to talk as I've ever seen him, which isn't to say that he was, e- but, and then, you know, he gave a lot of quotes about, I think we needed this. I think this can be good in the long yeah. run. And I was, I was kind of surprised. I because when I heard he was on our list, you do this stuff mentally where you're like, oh boy, here we go. Leighton Van Der Esch after a loss, this will be fun. But I was pleasantly surprised by how engaging he I, was. I do that when I when I get the list of who I'm going to talk to and it's like, 
It was like Lyle Collins, Terrence Steele, and then it was literally when I got the list, it was like holding 78, holding 71. I was like, this is awesome. Great. <laughs> They're going to be but in a great mood. Yeah. Going back to Layton, when you mentioned his name and asked the question, mm. immediately in my head, before you even made that point, uh, I thought, well, you know, I'm just glad he's playing. Like, I'm glad he's out on the field. But then I caught myself, I'm like, no, screw that. <laughs> no, this is a young guy. He barely, how many years? Three? Has it been? This is fourth year. This is fourth, this year, is fourth yeah. year already. Year, yeah. um, but he's still fairly young. We have not really squeezed him out. You know, we have not gotten enough juice from him. So I'm like, no, no, he should be playing at a higher level than what he has been giving you this year. To me, he tends to become a little forgettable this year when I watch the Cowboys play, as opposed to previous year where you even. The se- I mean, he's been hurt here and there, but even with that, injuries, and then when he comes back, you know, oh, there's Leighton. You see him. And I don't know if maybe that's the contra- contrast against a guy like Jalen playing with him that maybe he stood out more, but I don't think so. I think that that he's just not playing at the same level. I actually, I actually think Leighton is solid this year. I don't think Leighton has been a bad player this year. I think I don't think it's obviously the year he was a an all pro, yeah. uh, but I think he's been solid. I think he's been solid on this team. I think he fills the role for them. He plays the role nicely. I think he's the second best linebacker on this team, and and I think you know that maybe that's not what you want in your contract year. Maybe you want a little bit more, a few more splash plays. But I think he's been solid, and and that actually may end up working for the Cowboys because. If they want to keep him, I don't know if they do. If they want to keep him, it may make it make it very financially feasible to keep him if he's just a solid linebacker. I just think about all of the other decisions they have to make, and that one is further down the list than a few of them. True. I don't know though, because if he, if you don't sign him, then who who's playing linebacker for you next year? That's it's low key. Devastating might be an exaggeration, but it's low key a big deal that Jabril Cox got hurt because. In a perfect world, you groom him as the season goes along, and yeah. Leighton Vander Esch gets paid too much, and you say, "All right, like we'll sign somebody or draft somebody." But the idea is that you and Micah can be our nickel linebackers moving forward. Like that is the hope, and it still could be. It's just a roadblock for him that it's going to have to come yeah. after a rehab. Keanu Neal thing hasn't really developed like you thought, yeah. and so I mean, you know, if you don't sign him um, in March. Or, then you get into the draft and you're and you're thinking, probably have to here we here we go again. You probably could draft another linebacker yeah. pretty high. Well, I think this too. I think that what are they going to do with J. Ron Curse? Because that also factors in a little bit. He's been down there a lot in the box. There's just a lot of questions Resigning. with regard to yeah. But there are <laughs> there's just a lot of questions with regards to what they're doing with linebacker and some of those big that that big safety yeah. and that all they all play together. It all will be a part of uh, the calculation. Who's the coordinator? I mean, that's the question you have to ask too. Big part of the decision. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk a little more Cowboys versus Falcons uh, tomorrow. We'll focus in on the Cowboys offense versus the Falcons defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?